Yo, 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 yo. You already know what it is. What up, everybody? Welcome to episode number three of John and his laptop. Hope everybody's doing good out there. Um, I know the last few episodes have been very long and have gotten kind of dragged out and Maybe towards the end there, everybody starts to get a little bored, so I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet this time. I know I said that last time, but this time I'm really committed. I'm not going to keep you guys hanging around too long. Um, and since we're entering the, really the first week, the Hall of Fame game didn't really count, so we're really entering our first week of preseason football this week. So um, what I thought I'd do today is kind of... Um, Go through the more popular teams, kind of give you a take on um, what I think about their their depth charts and how everything looks heading into the season or heading into the preseason uh, and how things might shake out and some of the battles that uh, uh, I think you should really keep an eye out on. Um, So let me just jump right into it. I'm not going to get into any of the bullshit today. Um, so I'm just going to start with my team and the Giants. Um, you know, I've been looking at their depth chart over the last couple of weeks now to see, you know, who's pushing who for some of the old line spots. Um, obviously no more Brandon Marshall on the team. So there's an open opening outside Odell that's up for grabs, really. Uh, it doesn't look like anybody's taking it right now. I'm looking at the depth chart. Um, and the way they have it set up right now is uh, the way the Giants sorted it out is that they're going with two wide receiver set and two tight end set. So there really is no opening outside receiver. I mean, Sterling is really kind of the slot guy. So, you know, who's going to play the outside on, on three receiver sets? And that's what I've been trying to figure out here. And honestly, I'm not feeling too great about any of the options. Um Roger Lewis is kind of the guy who comes to mind for me. Uh, he was okay in limited playing time last year when Marshall and Beckham were out. He was kind of the guy who, I don't know if you want to call it stepped up. I mean, but he did have a respectable season. He had 72 targets, 36 catches, 416 yards, two touchdowns. Um you know, he's only 24, uh, and, you know, he's had some meaning, I, I guess if you want to call last season meaningful play, playing time, but he's got a lot of speed. He's got, unless he's been improving, um, I haven't heard too much out of, out of camp yet, but uh, I've seen that guy drop a ton of balls. And now he's going into his third season, so maybe now he's feeling more comfortable. Maybe now, you know, in Shermer's offense, things could be a little bit differently. We also picked up Cody Latimer from the Broncos, former second-round pick. He had his career year last year, but again, you know, he only had three, not even 300 yards receiving last year. So these are some of the guys that the Giants are going to be counting on uh, to play the outside opposite Odell with Sterling in the slot and three receiver sets. And that's that's kind of a huge concern. Um, unless they plan on 
going out and bringing somebody in. They don't really have anybody else available here. I mean, another guy who comes to mind is Travis Rudolph, but same thing. Last year, 21 targets, 8 catches, 101 receiving yards, no touchdowns. I mean, these are some of the guys that they're going to be relying on pretty heavily in, in a year that after drafting Saquon Barkley, I think the front office is really hoping that they're going to compete for a playoff spot. So, obviously, you know what you're going to get out of Odell. I think he's going to have really something to prove this year. Uh, Sterling has been improving every year, and I think he's a very solid slot option. Um, you know, he could be a Randall Cobb type. I mean, his first year he scored eight touchdowns. Last year took a step back in touchdowns but had more receiving yards. Um, and he was banged up a little bit last year. He had some big games when he was the go-to guy. I'm feeling good about him. Like I said, obviously Odell, I mean, he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder with this whole contract situation. But it'll be interesting to see who emerges out of the group to play on the outside. It could be Latimer. I think Lewis is probably the guy that we're going to be looking at. But then again... <laughs> All these guys are interchangeable. I mean, if one of the, some of these guys may not even make the team. So, it <clears throat> calls into question, are they going to ask maybe Evan Ingram to split out wide? I don't really know what they're going to do. But I would say the biggest um, thing to watch in training camp is going to be... Um, the Giants receivers, or really that just that one receiver spot. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Some of these other guys, Russell, Russell Shepard, Hunter Sharp, I, I don't even know who some of these guys are. So, um, you know, I'm sure there's a couple veterans out there. Um, I really doubt that they're going to bring in Dez. I would be shocked if they bring in Dez. I don't think it would be a good... I, From a talent perspective, obviously it would be smart to bring in Dez, but I just don't know if that's something that the organization is going to want to do and deal with. It doesn't seem like anybody wants to deal with it. I mean, training camp's fully underway, and he still doesn't have a team. So there's obviously major concern there. Um, let me see if I could pull up uh, some of the other free agents that are still looking for jobs out there. Um, besides Dez, I don't know if, um, maybe the Giants have some interest in bringing some of these guys in. Um, yeah, most of these guys are already signed. I mean, Eric Decker could have been a fit. Um, Jordan Matthews just got released from the Patriots. You know, he... He had some good years with the Eagles. He seems like uh, kind of a one of those more sure-handed guys that might fit in well with um, with Shermer's offense. But yeah, other than that, there's really nothing out there. So it'll be interesting to see if they feel comfortable rolling with some of the guys that are currently on the roster or bringing someone in like a um, Jordan Matthews or. I don't think Des is definitely not a realistic possibility. Um, so we'll see. 
that's definitely the number one um, position to look out for for the Giants. Uh, as far as everything else goes, I think everybody expects the offensive line to be improved, but you know, how, what do you what do you want to consider improved? I think Nate Solder is obviously a huge upgrade over Eric Flowers at left tackle, but. Eric Flowers is still still going to be starting games. He's just going to be on the other side. So how much better is he going to be on the other side? I'm skeptical. I guess it remains to be seen. We'll see what happens in the preseason. I would hope that of all the starters um, that are going to see significant time during the preseason, that they would try and play the offensive line the most so they get some cohesion going and some famili- familiarity and... and um, you know, get get a get that feeling of playing together as a unit because some of these guys are new. Omame is a new guy. He's going to be starting at right guard. I mean, Flyers is not a new guy, but he's at a new position. John Halapio, new center. Will Hernandez is a rookie, and Nate Solder. I mean, these are this is a total revamp from what they had last year. So these guys have no experience playing together outside of what they've had in training camp. So I would like to see them come in and and play a good portion of every game just to have a feel for one another. Uh, but if everybody stays healthy, you know, Solder, Hernandez, Jalapio, Omame was pretty good in Jacksonville last year. We'll see what we get out of Flowers. The guard depth is actually really good. Um, some of the backups they have, John Greco, Brett Jones, John Jerry, I mean, those guys have been starters in this league uh, for a while. So they got good depth on the inside, but on the outside... Uh, if Solder or Flowers go down, we're looking at Chad Wheeler, who was an undrafted free agent last year, and Nick Becton, who I don't I have no idea who that is. So, if one of those tackles goes down, we're in we're in deep shit. I don't know. I don't really think any of those inside guys can really step out and play a tackle position. So, you know, we're thin at the tackle. If everybody stays healthy, I think it'll be considerably improved from last year. I think really all uh, what you need to get out of this unit is a middle of the road offensive line. If you're, you know, the 16th best offensive line, if you're dead center as far as offensive line goes in the NFL, I think this offense can definitely put up a good amount of points. But that's a big if. You're asking these guys, Solders had an injury history. Flowers, not really. But, again, totally different position. No idea what to expect from him. Uh, Will Hernandez has had a lot of hype. Jalapio has apparently impressed a lot. I mean, he had to because he's already overtaken the incumbent center of Brett Jones last year. And same thing with Omami. Uh, John Jerry was the starter pretty much all last year, right guard, and he overtook him too. So, um Got to feel good about most of these spots um, from the hype that's coming out. But, uh, you know, I can't get any worse than it was last year. So, uh, feeling pretty good about it. Uh, on paper, it looks all right. We'll see. I would like to see them play a lot this preseason so I can kind of get a feel of where I think the Giants are going to be. On my first podcast, I said I took the under uh, six and a half just because I. Uh, how little faith I have in this offensive line, but that's why they brought in Gettleman. This is what he's good at. So we'll see how they perform. I really love to see uh, them go through at least a couple drives together tomorrow night against the Browns. 
just so I can get get a better feel for it. I mean, you, you can only take things, reports at a training camp with a grain of salt before, you know, you really got to see how they perform in a game situation. So we'll see how that shakes out tomorrow night. Giants-Browns tomorrow night, I think they're 7 o'clock, 7 or 8 o'clock, something like that. Um, because if they if the O-line plays well, you know what you're going to get out of Manning. Barkley is the second overall pick, and it's supposed to be a generational talent, so you got to expect that he's going to be pretty good. Red Ellison, you know what you're getting. Evan Ingram had one of the best rookie tight end seasons ever last year. And they have Sterling and Beckham, and then we'll see who plays the outside receiver. So this offense definitely has potential to be very good. And, and Pat Shermer has shown what he could do with less talent than what he has here. I mean, I don't think anybody can tell 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 me that his Vikings team last year had more talent than this Giants team this year. And they were able to go 13-3. I understand they had the best defense in the league last year, but they still had to score points, and they did. So, if they could protect the quarterback, I mean, Minnesota had a revamped offensive line last year, too, and it worked out for them. So, if he can work up his magic and kind of create the same sort of situation here, you got to feel pretty good about it. Um, and I guess, well, you know, we'll have a better idea after tomorrow night and, you know, maybe after the preseason or something, uh, I'll revisit what I think about the Giants and and see maybe I mean who knows maybe their Vegas win total goes up or down depending on how they play in the preseason and you know maybe we'll revisit that and kind of reevaluate as far as their defense uh, I mean BJ Hill is penciled in the left defensive end as the starter and they're running a 3-4 this year remember so he's kind of more like a defensive tackle size uh, he's a rookie, uh, pretty highly touted at a NC State. Snacks Harrison, you know what you're getting out of him. He seems to rack up the most tackles out of any defensive lineman every year. So he's going to be good against the run. Dalvin Tomlinson had a good rookie season last year. Feeling good about him. I mean, they got some beef up front. Those are big guys. Those are three really big guys. So... Um, I feel good about those three, but some of the guys behind them, Kerry Wynn's been with the Giants for a couple of years now. He's all right. Robert Thomas, Josh Morrow, I mean, these are guys that are just, you know, they don't really move the needle for you. There's not much depth here. Um, as far as the edge rushers and the linebackers, Ogletree, Goodson. Goodson had a good year last year. Ogletree's been to the Pro Bowl. He's been an All-Pro. Uh, Mark Herzlick is a situational player. He's all right. The pass rush is just, um, you know, we're really counting on guys. Romeo Quara actually has had stints where he's played well. So he had some death here. Connor Barwin, Kareem Martin was with the, he's penciled in as the starter opposite Olivier Vernon. Uh, he was productive in limited time with the Cardinals last year, and obviously James Betcher, the defensive coordinator, is brought over from Arizona, so he has uh, a good feel for the system already. Lorenzo Carter, productive at Georgia, third-year player. You know, they're counting on a lot of young guys to come in and, and perform right away and add some depth to this. Um, 
and that that's a big if you know there's a lot of ifs there's just as there's more ifs on this defense than there was on the offense and there's a ton on the offense so you know pass rush looks at they i feel good about the the big guys up front limited depth uh pass rushers other than olivier i don't really how much does barwin have left in the tank i don't know kareem martin was more of a situational player Lorenzo Carter is a rookie, so, I mean, there's a lot of unknowns here. I think you're going to get strong middle linebacker play. Uh, Herzlick and Ray Ray Armstrong is actually not that bad. They, those guys add decent depth, but Ogletree and Goodson are both three-down linebackers. I feel good about them. But there's a lot of ifs already, and if you want to go even further, I mean, the secondary is even more of an if. Um, you know, Apple... I mean, you had his boy calling him a cancer last year in Landon Collins. Uh, he's been very up and down. He's had good games, but for the most part, he's been below average. Um, it brought in Dante Dion from uh, Carolina, who's a all right nickel corner. I mean, he's probably going to be the nickel guy. They have William Gay, who spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh. Um, Janoris Jenkins, can he return to the form that he was two years ago when they went 11-5 and went to the playoffs? Same thing with Landon Collins, had a little bit of a down year. I think they were, these guys, you know, Collins and Jenkins were more disenchanted rather than just taking a step back as players just because the offense was so bad last year. So are they going to be amped up? Are they going to be ready to play? Um, and then free safety is is another, it's it's. I would say is the outside receiver position for the defense totally up for grabs. They got four guys competing for that spot. Curtis Riley, Darian Thompson, who was the starter last year, Andrew Adams, who was the starter of the year they went to the playoffs, and William Gay is also um, competing for that position as well as the nickel. Um, so, I mean, I, I, all four of those guys, decent players, not going to make a Pro Bowl, not going to come out of nowhere. Some of these guys, I would rather see Adams or Thompson because they're the younger of the bunch rather than um, rather than the older guys, the veterans. Um, you know, there's more obviously more potential there. So, all in all, you know, there's huge ifs up and down this depth chart. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. Like I said, as I said, even during the um, over-under segment, I have no idea. I'm taking the over just because I don't, I'm not believing, not yet, because I haven't seen it. I have to see it. To, like I was saying, I got to see it to believe it with the Giants. So I have a better feel, a better opinion for you guys maybe next week or in the following couple of weeks. Uh, we'll see tomorrow night. I don't know how much time the starters are going to get tomorrow night. Hopefully we get to see some of it. Obviously, we'll see some more down the road, and uh, I'll be able to give you guys uh, a better outlook, hopefully, and hopefully it's good. Um, so enough about the Giants. Uh, I also want to talk about the Jets. Um, yeah, I mean, th this is such a typical Jets roster. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, from what I keep hearing at a camp, they want Darnold to win the job. They want Darnold to win week one, be the guy. They want him to. It almost sounds like McCown is 
kind of dwindling his way down. It almost sounds like at this point it's Bridgewater or it's Darnold. And I think the end goal or the idea situation for them would be to have Bridgewater come out, start these preseason games, look great, and then hope to God that someone loses their quarterback in preseason and someone needs to trade for him and get a fourth or fifth round pick in return. And Sam starts week one. That's what they want. They're giving Sam every opportunity to go out and win this job. They're not babying him. They're not going to redshirt him. They want him to go out, win it, earn it, get it. Um, so I don't know what's going to shake down. I think we're going to find out this year. We'll see. Uh, not this year. This week when they finally play against the Falcons, we're going to get a better feel and see where he's actually at. Uh, everything... I hear on the radio and everything that I read, it sounds like this kid just can just make plays. It sounds like he's sort of like uh, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, just the kind of, he's not your typical stand in the pocket, make throws kind of guy. He's just always doing whatever he needs to do to go out and make a play. It doesn't matter if it's fundamentally sound, it doesn't matter. He's just always looking to extend and make plays. Um, I think maybe a better comparison would be Ben Roethlisberger because he's kind of that same build, big body build or whatever. Um, So that's what I've been hearing. I've also heard that Teddy looks good, uh, has probably been the best quarterback in camp so far. He's going through some up and downs, and so is Sam. He's a rookie, obviously. Josh hasn't played much. I mean, he knows the offense. You know what you're going to get out of Josh. I just think at this point, unless Sam is completely not ready to play like Hackenberg last year, which I don't think any anybody expects to be the case, why would you start McCown? Why would you start McCown, lose four games, and then put Sam in there? Maybe because of the matchups, I'm not a hunt. They play the Lions week one. Okay, maybe you don't want to throw them into the Lions because they're a pretty good team. Maybe you want to wait. I think it's like week four or five, they play the Browns. Maybe you want that to be his first game. I could understand that. But at the end of the day, you don't want Josh McCown starting more than three or four or five games. Because what are you getting out of that? I know Bowles has to keep his job and win some games this year to keep his job. And he's one of those guys who believes that you need to earn your spot. But from what it sounds like, Sam's out there. He's making plays. Um, we'll get a better feel for that. Obviously, when they play this weekend, I think you're going to see a heavy dose of both him and Teddy. And you can kind of gauge um, what you think the status is from there. Um, you know, if I'm if, I, if I'm the Jet fan, I'm I'm really rooting for Sam. I mean... It's been so many years of poor quarterback play. If you could just get this kid who comes in as a third overall pick and gives you some glimmer of hope, I mean, that's that's ideal, right? So we're going to see how that shakes out. Obviously, that's the talk of the town with the Jets. It's for the rest of the roster, um, I mean, this is so this is so typical Jets. you got a mix of just, like, veterans that don't really, like, the offensive line is all veterans. Kelvin Beecham, James Carpenter, Spencer Long, Brian Winters, Brandon Shell. I mean, you know, all right. As long as they could protect 
the same thing with the Giants a little bit. If the, if if they could just be middle of the pack, you're feeling good about that. They have no tight end. I don't know who Eric Tomlinson is. I know who Jordan Leggett is. Eric Tomlinson is currently uh, punched in as the starting tight end. Jordan Leggett is that kid out of Clemson who's apparently a good receiver, can't block worth a shit. Um, so we'll see who wins that battle. That's going to be another battle up for grabs. The receivers, Robbie Anderson was good last year. I don't think anybody could deny that, but he, he keeps telling cops that his that, that their wives just like to suck his dick or whatever he told that guy and speed and whatever else he was doing. Terrell Pryor's garbage. So I don't think I don't I don't really expect him to play too much. I think the guys you're looking at are Anderson, Curse was good last year in Anunua. Uh decent mix of you know, Anderson's a young guy, Anunua's a young guy, Curse has been there, done that, he performed well last year, so it's alright. You know, it's a okay um, mixed receiving core. These guys have good hands, but nobody's going to blow you out of the water. Uh, I would like to see next year they're going to have to go out and get Darnold some more weapons. Uh, these are okay guys to throw him in. Um, they have experience. Jermaine Curse has won a Super Bowl, been to two Super Bowls, made huge huge catches. He's going to be a reliable guy. Um, I think Anderson and Anunua are decently reliable guys at this point in their career and, and should be nice pieces to have as he grows into his own. The running game, ah, they have Thomas Rawls. Wow, talk about a fall from grace. Running game, Crowell, Powell, Rawls, it's going to be the same old Jets running game. I mean, just kind of like ugly, but it kind of gets the job done. And, you know, I don't think... I mean, it's clearly not a good offense, but if Darnold can come in and just show you something... I mean, think about Wentz, Wentz his rookie year didn't blow anybody away but you could just tell by the way he played he played with poise he did his best to take care of the ball his numbers weren't great and they went seven and nine and then guess what the next year that they exploded and even though he didn't play all the way through and win the super bowl i mean they they were what 12 and one when he went down and he was clearly the front runner in the mvp so you just got to see growth and signs and just hope I mean I'm not saying this kid has a chance to be Carson Wentz not yet at least but if he comes in takes care of the ball makes some good throws and just really kind of passes the eye test and doesn't turn it over too much you got to be feeling good about that and I feel like this offense gives him um, at least somewhat and a, bit, a chance to do that because he does have some decent players here. So I'd be feeling good about that. Um, hopefully they can showcase Teddy in the in the preseason here and if someone gets hurt, ship him off. Uh, as for the defense, I think this, this is a great young defense. They went out, they spent a ton of money on Tremaine Johnson, who's an established player, a good player. Mo Claiborne was actually pretty good last year. Buster Screen, solid nickel corner. Jamal Adams and Marcus Meg awesome young safe safeties like really awesome 
I've heard Jamal Adams a couple times on the radio, and if you hear that guy talk, uh, and I'm not even trying to be like corny asshole or anything, if you hear this freaking kid talk, like he is a really, really, really impressive kid, and he's going to be the leader of this defense for a long time. And he's, it, it, it's not like he's, a, he's just a leader. He's also a really, really freaking good player. He's, he might even be their best player. So you got to feel good, great about him and May. And that whole secondary is, is really, it's, I mean, it could be outstanding this year. Um, the linebackers, Darren Lee, slowly but surely improving. Um, maybe Will, Williamson, Jordan Jenkins, Josh Martin. You know, these are young linebackers. They have potential. They were bad against the run last year. But young linebackers, there's always room for improvement. If those guys can take a little bit of a step up this year, um, I think this defense has, has a chance to be close to the top ten. This could really be a good defense. I mean, with Williams, McClendon is a huge guy, and Nathan Shepard, those are big boys up front. Leonard Williams, I don't know how, I mean, he has he make it to, made it to a Pro Bowl yet? Let's see. I don't think he has. Um... No, no pro. Uh, no, he was Pro Bowl back in 2016. This kid's already made it to the Pro Bowl. He's 24 years old. He's gonna be another guy. Him, Jamal Adams. They got a great young core on this defense, and they they have a lot of potential to be really good already this year. So, I'm sticking by what I said about the Jets in the over/under segment. I think they're going over six and a half wins. I think it's a seven and nine team, especially if Sam Darnold gives you that hope that you're really looking for this year. I'm a Jet fan. I'm actually, I feel actually pretty good about what McCagden has put together here, especially on defense. I think Bowles is was such an underrated coach because everyone expected them to go 0-16 last year. And they went 5-11 and and could have been 7-9 and last year. So I hate to be that guy, you know, that giant fan who's telling the, the, the I usually shit on the Jets. I hate the Jets. But the way that it's looking right now, I think it could be an exciting season. You're obviously not going to make the playoffs, but it could be a very hopeful season for the future. Um, and then real quickly, I'm going to touch on the Patriots. The Patriots are the Patriots. I really like the addition of Trent Brown to come in and play left tackle from the 49ers. Uh, I think that's going to be... Uh, Von Miller said he <laughs> might be the best tackle in the league, and that's Von Miller. So I think that's a huge get for them. Their offensive line, you know, I really wouldn't worry about it too much. Seems to be the same situation every year. Shaq Mason is still there. Marcus Cannon is still there. Gronk, Brady, Burkhead. Uh, they brought in Jeremy Hill. They brought in Sony Michelle, James White. Chris Hogan, I think, is going to have a big year. Uh, receivers, interesting for the first couple games without... Edelman, it's going to really be Hogan, Decker, Philip Dorsett. I mean, they're obviously going to get by with those guys. And then once Edelman comes back, that's really a non-issue anymore. The defense, um, it's like the same thing every year. Eric Eric Rowe, Chung, McCourty, Gilmore, um, Kyle Vinoy, uh, Hightower, Adrian Claiborne, D-Line, you know, Danny Shelton's on there now, too. They're going to get... I mean, it's, gonna, it's the fucking Patriots, man. It's the same thing every year. 
Some of, one of the, some of these guys is gonna uh, like fucking uh, I don't know. Like Dietrich Wise last year was like a really solid player. Like there's gonna be more guys that come out of freaking nowhere for the Patriots. They're gonna be thirteen and three, fourteen and two. They're gonna be just fine. And then lastly, I just wanted to touch, like I said, on the teams of greatest importance. So I'm just going to hit on the Eagles real quick. Uh, I think this might be the most well-rounded roster or depth chart that I, because I usually, even before the podcast and all this bullshit, I usually gloss around before the season starts to look at, you know, who to watch out for, um, in preseason and stuff like that. But the Eagles this this year, I mean, I, I don't think I've literally ever seen anything. I mean, this is also on paper, but this is also the Super Bowl champs. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything this good. But we're talking, all right, so you have Wentz at quarterback. Jay Ajayi, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, Matt Jones, who used to be the starter, uh, a couple of years ago in Washington. They still have Donald Pumphrey, that guy who broke all those records in college, and Wendell Smallwood. <laughs> they have six capable running backs. They're probably only going to keep three or four or whatever, but they have so many guys. They have so much depth. Carson Wentz, Jay Jai is going to be the lead back. Uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard was like a f- projected first-rounder. is now their backup tight end. So that's another kid that they have a, 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 as an option who's going to go out there and catch some balls, who's got a ton of talent. Aguilar had a huge bounce back year last year. They picked up Mike Wallace to replace Torrey Smith, which is obviously an upgrade. They still have Alshon Jeffrey. They got some backups in here, like Kamar Aiken, who's an established player, had some good years in Baltimore. Marcus Wheaton, who had some decent years in Pittsburgh. I mean, their offensive line. Jason Peters, Wisniewski, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson. I mean, that is crazy. Those are, I mean, they have <laughs> Peters, Kelsey, and Johnson might be, uh, I mean, those three guys are top three at their respective position. I mean, it's crazy. Jason Kelsey is probably the best center, and Lane Johnson is probably the best right tackle in the league. And Jason Peters has been like, what, five, six, six-time all-pro player? And then listen to their freaking defense. Derek Barnett, who was first-rounder oh, first last year. Timmy Jernigan, who I've always said just gets... I mean, with him, with the Falcons, I mean, that guy's always got a lot of pressure in on, on the inside. Fletcher Cox, I mean, obviously, I don't have to talk about Fletcher Cox. And Brandon Graham made the play, uh, the play in the Super Bowl. Those are their starters. Their second unit is Michael Bennett, Pelodi Nada, and Chris Long. Those are Pro Bowl, all former All-Pro players are on their second unit in the defensive line. I mean, that's crazy. And then their linebackers, Jordan Hicks was good last year. Nigel Bradham was good last year. Nathan Jerry is going to be a new starter this year. Uh, I don't think that's a huge deal. I'm sure they're going to, that the Jim Schwartz is going to be able to get the most out of this guy. And then the, the secondary is the same as it was last year. Mills, uh, Rodney McLeod, Malcolm Jenkins, and Ronald Darby. I mean, that's insanely good. There's not one week that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to tell me that their strong side linebacker is a weak, is the only weak spot in their entire roster, if it even ends up being a, a weak spot if this kid can't play. I mean, that's insane. The Eagles are insane. And everybody thinks that the NFC East is a foregone conclusion and thinks that 
you know, some people think that, oh, you know, you never know. I mean, I would be very hard-pressed to think that <laughs> my Giants have any shot of taking down this team. I mean, this is a very deep, deep experience. They have both youth and experience. It's a really, really good mix of youth and experience and depth. I mean, it is tremendous. This is a tremendous roster. Um, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots, but I think pound for pound, I don't think you're going to find a better roster than this. I haven't looked through everybody yet. I th I'm sure, you know, Pittsburgh has a solid roster. Minnesota, I know, has a good roster. But this is, I mean, this is this is really, this is taking it to a next level. Um, even if Wentz misses time and they plug in Foles there, I mean, this is, I'd be very surprised if this is a 12, 13, 14 win team. Um you know, they, they, they really got a lot of talent on this team. It's unbelievable. So, um, yeah, that's all I wanted to touch on today. I wanted to touch on the big four. I don't want to get into too much. Um, you know, maybe next week we could do, uh, you know, a couple more teams. I don't really want to get into, you know, irrelevant teams. Like, there's no point in me talking about the Ravens or, like, uh, the Lions, like, you know, I'll pick out a couple teams that people seem to care about or contenders or stuff like that. Maybe we'll talk about the Browns since Hard Knocks is up and running now and Baker Mayfield and that whole thing and what I think about them. I mean, that could be something that's on everybody's mind because of the show. Um, but that's really all I wanted to touch on for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, as for time, we're running on about 40 minutes. All right, you know, we cut down 20 minutes of, of the bullshit, which is a step in the right direction. So hopefully some of you will listen to this whole segment and I didn't just waste my time for nothing. But uh, as always, thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, I'll keep pumping them out for everybody as long as you guys are willing to listen. So uh, appreciate the time and uh, I'll see you next week.